0: Calm down for Graspop. X-5, 3, X-1, fire. I don't wanna grow up, don't wanna grow up. I don't wanna grow up, don't wanna grow up.
1: Welcome to the Toys R Us report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's got a third eye that can see around corners and through walls. He's your host, Icy Robots.
2: Greetings Earth people, I am from Jupiter, it's me again, Icy Robots, I'm not a hero, I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week, and this week... The Toys R Us report is brought to you by the fine folks over at Luke's Toy Store. They are at Luke'sToyStore.com. Luke's is the Internet's number one stop for all things Mini-Mate related. So, hey, Iceberg, my man, you're back. Back off your little vacay. So, what's cracking, dude? do to hear that you guys, when I say guys, I mean you and it's Melissa got a new jam for us. So, uh, you know, what's up with that? What's new, dude? Nice to have you back.
0: Nothing, man. Just cooling out. You feel me?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, anyway, I heard you guys got a new song, man. What's that all about?
0: Yeah, man. It's a good one. Me and her went ahead and remade Strictly Business by EPMD.
2: Huh. That's a classic, man. Uh, you guys know what you're doing. That's like a... That's a pretty risky endeavor, man. You're trying to do one of the all-time classic jams. Uh, you think you're up to it?
0: Yeah, man. Don't question my thought, process dude. We know what we are doing, dude. What do you want us to do? Remake wax songs? What do you want a remake of something by the young black teenagers or something?
2: That would be cool, dude. I would not mind that at all. Their first record was produced by Hank Shockley from the Bomb Squad, so it's not like they suck. Anyway, man, why don't you just, uh, why don't you drop an Iceberg? Let's hear what you got.
0: Yo. This goes out to Gino Vega and all my dudes out there on the USS Palomino, especially my man Vincent. Throw your hands in the air and wave them as if you don't care.
1: Look at me in my face and their eyes get weak. Pulse rate descends, heart rate increase. It's like beating me up, Scotty, I control your body. I'm as deadly as a lawn dart when it's time to do karate. When I call you a dork, you reply, What? Why? Because you're a weirdo plus you're a zero. Come on, dude, don't cry. So, if you want to battle, I highly recommend this. Bring your dog, mum, and dad because I'm strictly business. <laughs> This is the Toys Albus report, and we'll make you famous. Taking over the Earth while still kicking in Uranus.
2: That was pretty fun, Iceberg. I got to give kudos to you and also kudos to Ensign Melissa, but one has to wonder... What are you guys doing when I'm out there, like, sweeping the space particles out of the vents, checking on the cooling system for the station, doing all these things I gotta do to make sure that we, you know, maintain atmosphere? What are you guys doing? You're just, like, in the booth rapping and DJing? And second of all, if you're gonna be doing some, you know, freestyle rapping, you should probably call me by because, you know, I I got it. I got what it takes. At any rate, at any rate, have you guys been watching Supergirl on CBS? This was a show that I, I had been, uh, really looking forward to for a long while, since they first started showing, uh, pictures of Melissa Benoist in the costume, I mean, she looked fantastic, and, well, I'm gonna make an admission right now, I watched, uh, Glee, I watched Glee with the old lady, we watched it every week, we were into it, and Melissa Benoist was one of the actors who was on that show, and... She played a character that I liked. Her name was Marley. She was a very nice young lady. And she was a talented singer and all that. So when I saw that she landed the role of Supergirl, I was pretty excited for her. And I I started, you know, I wanted to see it. I wanted to check it out. Plus, she looked cool. The show looked cool. It was just going to be good stuff. So I waited, I waited, I waited. And then I saw the pilot... And I did like it, I thought it was cool, it was definitely, it is definitely a girl show, which is fine, because that doesn't mean that as dudes we can't enjoy it, and there does need to be some more, uh, superhero type stuff that, you know, gets aimed toward the ladies out there, it's just, they deserve to have some of the fun too, let's just, you know, let's be honest, but, uh, the show was a girl show, but then, you know, so is Glee, and I watched that, so I'm I'm getting into it, uh, but then after the pilot... I didn't feel as if I needed to see it again, which is weird because it was a good pilot. It, it didn't, uh, it didn't fail to impress in any way. But once I saw it, I felt like, well, there we go. I saw Melissa Benoist in the Supergirl costume. I saw her kicking butt and it was fun. And that was that. But then, I don't know, you know, we DVR'd it. So I had the the episode started piling up and I like, I thought, I'm like, I finally got to get back to this. I can't just let it pile up or 1% of space left on the dvr we We gotta start punching some of this stuff out, so I got back into Supergirl, I watched it the other night, and I gotta say, man, the second and the third episodes were both really fun, and she carries the show, um, it's not a plot-driven show, the show is carried by how charming Melissa Benoist is, and how awesome she looks in, uh, the Supergirl suit, it's not, you're not gonna see, I don't think you're gonna see really complicated storylines or anything, this seems more... Like the uh, Smallville model of new supervillains every week, as opposed to like Arrow or Flash, which seems to have like um, more complicated storylines. This is the kind of deal you can just jump in at any time and probably enjoy an hour. Uh, that's not to say that they're not going to have storylines between the episodes, but it's a villain of the week kind of deal, and you can watch Supergirl punch someone in the face, and there's nothing wrong with that. So if you got an hour to spare, you know, give it a go if you're not already, and hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook at IC Robots. Facebook.com backslash IC robots and let's talk about Supergirl. Man, I got I, you know, I can make the time if you guys want to chit-chat about TV over on the Facebook. So hit us up, facebook.com backslash IC robots I-S-E-E. Robots. And right about now, it's time to flip the script and go from TV into uh movies with At the Movies
1: in a moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper but you got Icy Robot so that's something, right?
2: It just seems like ever since we got here that that I've been leading this double life you know, because Jem was supposed to be a disguise and something that I could hide behind but now it just seems to be this other version of me and I don't know, more and more it seems to be the only version that you know, people want. I wouldn't be too sure about that. I mean, yes, Jem is glamor and and glitter, fashion and fame, and I can't imagine how tempting it might be to lose yourself to something like that. When I look at you, I don't see Jem.
0: my eyes, you're the same incredible girl that I sang with under the pier that night.
2: Jim and the Holograms is going to go down as one of the biggest flops in movie history. And that's too bad because, quite frankly, it wasn't that awful. Uh, The mistake they made is that they decided to do just like a whole reboot on Jim and the Holograms. And they didn't do enough to get it over to where the youngsters are going to want to go and see it. Now, I know they tried. I know they tried because 2.0 was telling me that she saw commercials for this movie all day when she was on YouTube, every day for months, all the time when she was on any of these video-watching deals she has on the internet. She said were just flooded with commercials for uh, Jim and the Holograms. So she was well aware of its existence, but at the same time, she didn't want to see it that much. So they failed in that sense, and they and they didn't grab the people who were nostalgic for it because they made it so different from the product that they had nostalgia for. So I don't know. It was, um... Probably just a poorly executed idea as opposed to a poorly executed movie because if it was something that was about something that wasn't Jim and the Hologram, you wouldn't think it was that bad. You wouldn't think it was awesome, but you would, you wouldn't hate on it. Uh, So basically the story is about this girl who's shy. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to get in the limelight, but she's a very talented singer, songwriter, and one of her sisters records her, puts it on YouTube, and before you know it... She's a smash hit. She gets signed by a record label, they turn her into Jim and the Holograms, and it all goes from there. Eh. It's, you know, it's not not a rocket science story or anything, but it was okay. When we went to see it, we were the only people there. Me and 2.0 and the wife, we were the only ones there, which is, you know, it's always kind of fun because you get to, like, mystery science theater it. You get to talk as much as you want, and, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, but... I don't know, I don't even know if there's a lot of point in reviewing this, because like I said earlier, it's getting pulled out of the theaters, but eventually, you know, it'll be on Netflix, maybe you want to watch it, and you'll wonder if you should or not, and I just, I don't know, give it a shot, man. The girl who plays Jim is cool, she looks really cool when they doll her up, and they turn her into the character, they put in, you know, she has cool makeup, sunglasses, the band looks neat, it's worth it for that. There's a couple decent musical numbers, and at the end, there is a stinger where they try to set up a sequel, and they introduce, uh, The Hologram's enemy band, The Misfits, you know, they bring them in, and, well, the lead singer of The Misfits, I don't know her name, I don't know the character name, but at any rate, she is played by Kesha. And, uh, I would tune in for the sequel to see The Holograms versus The Misfits with Kesha in it. That's just me, though, and I'm sure that will never happen. So, uh, I don't know, with all that said, I'm gonna give it, like, three mics on the source rating, so... Let's move into the second movie that we saw this week. Uh, a little movie called Spectre. Information is all. Is it not?
0: For example, you must know by now that the double O program is officially dead. <laughs> Which leads me to speculate exactly why you came. So, James, why did you come? I came here to kill you. And I thought you came here to die. Well, it's all a matter of perspective.
2: I got another confession. I've never seen a James Bond movie before. Just, I don't know, my dudes. They didn't appeal to me. They still don't really appeal to me that much. I don't know what it is. Just something about it. Just, I don't know. It never, it never grabbed me in the way that I would want to get into it, but, um, we had some spare time, so we went to the movies, and we're just like, let's see whatever's playing that we haven't seen before, and it turned out to be Spectre, so we decided to check out a James Bond flick, and, uh, I don't know. I got some thoughts on it. This movie... ...was well made, well put together, well acted, well everything, but it is very long, I don't even know, uh, it starts off with this fantastic scene in Mexico City where they're, uh, stopping a, t- where James, James Bond is stopping a terrorist attack during a Day of the Dead parade, and the scene is awesome, it has some great costumes... Great action, great setting. It's just really, really, really fun scene. But um, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're going to feel like that scene was six or seven hours ago. Just, oh my gosh, this seemed to go on forever. And I know that Daniel Craig is some kind of new style James Bond that's not as happy as, you know, Timothy Dalton or uh, Remington Steele or whoever's played him in the past. I get that, but man, this dude is morose. The movie is dark, and I just, I don't know. I I, I thought it was well put together. I thought the story and the script were all very solid. Christopher Waltz is in it, you know, from my Inglorious Bastards, and he's great. Uh, Daniel Craig is a great actor. Monica Bellucci's in it still looking beautiful at 50 plus. And I don't know, I just, I, I don't regret seeing it, but... Geez, it just took forever. Movie length is a real pet peeve of mine, though. I like a nice, tight story. If I can get out in just, like, 90 minutes, I'm ecstatic. It might be because I see a lot of movies, but... I don't know, man. You gotta keep it tight. I like nothing more than a tight, short script. And this was definitely not it. Now, that was the only thing really wrong with the movie, except I didn't like the tone very much. I don't know. I kind of... I prefer more happy style action. This movie, the plot of the movie is that the government is trying to get some kind of a new security system that can monitor more things. And in doing so, they, they, it will make 007s obsolete. So, you know, James Bond is, you know, fighting for his career or whatever. And it's very similar to the plot of the latest Mission Impossible in that sense. And I would have to say I prefer the Mission Impossible movie just because just it was more fun. You know, I go to movies to have fun, and this wasn't a very fun movie, and that's just, I don't know. Maybe you like it, maybe you're into the this tone of James Bond, but I, it just didn't grab me. Now, I do have to say it was an excellent movie, it was well put together, well shot, beautiful scenery, great costumes, just everything about it was great. I just didn't like the tone or the length, so take that for what it's worth, my dudes. I'm going to have to give it like, I don't know, three and a half mics. Minimates, I kinda think you are. I don't know. I just kinda kinda get the idea that you guys are mini-mate fans. If you don't know, mini mates are two-inch block figures, and what's dope about them is there are just so many great licenses. There is like The Walking Dead, Aliens, Marvel. They used to make DC ones. They don't anymore, which is a shame. But there are just so many cool Marvel ones. They got pulp fiction, just you name it. And if you're out there you're looking for mini the place you want to go is Luke's Toy Store. You can find them at lukestoystore.com. They're a sponsor of the show, and I'm not just saying this because they are a sponsor. I buy things there. I like them. I collect mini mates. I got hundreds. I got geez, I just I got shelves and shelves of mini mates, and I've gotten many of them at Luke's Toy Store. So, I know for a fact you can't go wrong. So check them out, lukestoystore.com.
1: Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment. Who's who in the DC Comics Universe? You're welcome in advance.
2: Hey kids, it's me, IC Robots, and I am back after that brief commercial break. And what we got here is a small segment called Who's Who in the DC Universe. And what it is, is an in-depth look at one of the one of the wacky characters from back in the day in DC as seen in their seminal 80s comic series, Who's Who in the DC Universe. I don't know if you guys know these, but man, they were my favorite when I was coming up. It's just, it's an illustrated encyclopedia of all the weird wacky dudes that DC had created up until that point. And during the Golden Age, they, they were really having at it with some of these wacky characters. And basically the idea for the segment is, I got the whole set I grab one at random, kind of flip through it, and the first dude I see who strikes me as wacky is who we are going to talk about. And, and today's wacky character is a dude known as Big Sir. I grabbed the, uh, April 1985 version, and that covers from Automan all the way through uh, Blackhawks Island. And this covers Batman, Batgirl, all the bat stuff. It's mostly a bat issue. But while, uh, while looking through it, I did find Big Sir. Big Sir, also known as Doofus P. Ratchet. Yeah, that's bro's name. Dude's name is Doofus. I don't know what his parents were thinking. I really think that puts you off on a bad foot when, uh, when your given name is Doofus. Maybe Doofus didn't have the same meaning back then that it does now, but I kinda, I kinda think it does. But, uh... Let's take a quick look at Doofus's bio here real quick. Doofus P. Ratchet was born with a malfunctioning pituitary gland that allowed his body to continue to grow to monstrous proportions while his mind stopped developing past the intellectual age of eight. The simple-minded Ratchet was kept under observation... At Central City's Breedmore Mental Hospital. So what you got is a super strong, somewhat, I think that by today's standards, you would call this guy developmentally disabled. There would be meaner words they would use back then, such as doofus, but nowadays you'd call him probably developmentally disabled. But he also had super duper strength. Let us continue, when several members of Flash's roves gallery conspired to finally destroy the Scarlet Speedster, they freed Ratchet from his cell and outfitted him with high-tech armor, provided to them by the monitor now what I wonder here is how did they know that there was a super strong disabled guy locked up in the hospital I don't know man maybe maybe word got out maybe word hit the streets about how uh how much damage this guy was causing maybe when he was in there you know he was just ripping things to shreds and just you know having at it and it got to the point where the dudes in the Flash's rogues gallery uh finally heard about him and they felt as if he was the final piece in their, in their, uh, plan for conquest. But I don't know, man. Maybe that's the reason why they never were able to defeat the Flash. Maybe they, instead of getting, like, world-class kind of guys, you know, dangerous assassins, uh, League of Assassin types, just really well-trained dudes, they were just looking to, uh, looking to break goofballs out of the hospital in hopes that maybe they could knock the Flash out. I don't know. They never were able to get him, and it just might have something to do with it. I know when you're... When the final piece of your puzzle is a guy named Doofus, I don't know how well you are going to do. Um, Let's see, so, using an elaborate deception, the villains made Ratchet think the Flash had beaten them up and even killed a small rodent. And since that his supposed hero would kill a small defenseless creature, one of the only friends Ratchet thought he had. So here's what you got. You got a guy who's in a hospital. He's disabled. He has super strength. His only friend is a mouse. I imagine him sitting in his padded cell with only the mouse. You know, just holding it going, Mouse, you see where, you see what I'm talking about here. Kind of a, uh, kind of like the Green Mile where, um... The big fella, Michael Clark Duncan, he got that mouse from the other guy and he, he took care of it. I, I think that's what happened. At any rate, Doofus had his pet mouse and they convinced him that the mouse was killed by the Flash, so Doofus went into a rage and decided to join them in their plans. So reading a bit ahead into the bio, it does seem as if the plan was just to free Doofus, get him all angry about the rat and then just uh, let him go hog wild, which he did all over the city, just ripping things, destroying things, punching buildings, punching cars, throwing garbage cans, doing whatever. Doing whatever he felt he had to do because he was just, he was incensed. But eventually, The Flash was able to take him down because super strength is an awesome power. But when you combine it with a feeble mind, you're just not going to be able to defeat somebody who is as accomplished as The Flash in the world of superheroes. Now, during the fight, it didn't go as easy as I kind of made it out to seem right there. What happened was Big Sir had an energy mace that was given to him by the monitor with his new equipment, and he slammed Flash right in the face with his mace, and he just like crushed his whole grill. Flash was devastated. So he had to go as quick as he could to Gorilla City. And when he went to Gorilla City, they managed to repair him facially, and he came back, and then he beat the tar out of our good boy uh Big Sir. But, the Flash showed mercy. He showed mercy on Big Sur like a true hero would, and he also took him to Gorilla City where they did advanced guerrilla surgery on him, and they took him from being a feeble-minded Phebe feeb all the way to being a genius level intellect. I mean, that's super nice. I don't even know. What I have to wonder is, if he can do this for one guy... Why wouldn't he want to do this for other guys? I mean, there's a lot of people out there, people who have accidents. People who lose their capacity due to accidents. And the Flash had the potential to take them to Gorilla City and get them uh, fixed up like Big Sur. But he didn't. But, you know, it, you can't save everybody. You cannot save everyone no matter how hard you try. And this might be a situation of that. But um, let's not try to rain on the parade. What he did do for Big Sur was nice. And Big Sur became a very productive, functioning member of society until many years later, he reappeared as a member of the Injustice League, but his intellect was gone. He was back to being the same old doofus P. Ratchet that we all know and love. I wonder what happened to his great intellect. Do you think maybe the gorilla surgery was kind of like LASIK? I've never had LASIK eye surgery, but as I understand it, uh, the effects kind of wear down over time, and there is a potential that you may have to go in and get uh, your LASIK redone. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Doofus just needed to go back to Gorilla City and have Solovar do the surgery all over again. and he just never had it done, but being a genius... You would think that would be the case. Maybe the Flash never warned him. I mean, that is entirely possible. He, maybe he didn't know. Maybe, maybe the gorillas just weren't as adept at working on the human brain as they are at working on the gorilla brain. So, the effects just weren't as good as one would have hoped. Who can say? It's impossible to say. For a brief time under the guidance of Maxwell Lord, uh, this isn't from the Who's Who. This is from Wikipedia. I just kind of wanted some future info on Big Sur. For a brief time, Big Sur was a member of Justice League Antarctica. That was during the whole, uh, Justice League being kind of wacky, being with Maxwell Lord, where they had Justice League International, and they had Justice League Europe, and at one point there was a Justice League Antarctica that was made up mostly of members of the, uh, Injustice League, and this team... They didn't have a lot of success, and eventually things went south, and he went back into a life of crime, which eventually led him into the Suicide Squad. Yep, the upcoming movie, The Suicide Squad, could potentially have had Big Sir as a member. They don't, but, uh, they could've, but anyway, during his first mission as a member of the team, he was killed. So, sadly, Big Sur is no longer with us, so, you know... Let's give a big shout out to Big Sir up there in heaven. Uh man, I don't even know what to say. I feel I feel a little weird that comics would go as far as to take somebody who's disabled, put him in combat, and and well, have him get killed. He was actually blown up by a baby. As it turns out, on their first mission, they were attacked by a group of um small sentient baby clones. And when he got close to one of them to pick it up, it blew up in his face and he was immediately killed. So, with all that said, Big Sir, we reminisce over you.
1: drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report.
2: Another way that you can help out the show is by checking out our eBay store at virtualdirtmall.com. It's all one long word, virtual dirt mall. Think like mall rats and the dirt mall. But this is a good way to help out because you get something out of it too. You hop on over there, just buy anything. Buy anything from the store And, well, I mean, you get something cool, and you also help out... You help out with the bills up here on the station, which is always appreciated. So, virtualdirtmall.com for all your fun eBay retro junk needs. Uh, This is getting... You know, we're getting near Christmas time. So, this is the perfect time to check out virtualdirtmall.com. There is... There is a bunch of fun stuff over there. I got toys. I got games. I got some video games. Starbucks mugs. You name it, man. There is just a bunch of cool stuff, and... Prices are good, I I ship fast, I pack well, and if you buy something and you're a show listener, please, 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 message me on eBay so I can talk in, you know, I can toss some, uh, Toys R Us report stickers, some extra fun stuff into your bag, just to make it a bit more worth your while, so virtualdirtmall.com, so, uh, at any rate, I'm down at the Toys R Us and, you know, it's still, man. It is still like a dead man's town over there. I don't know when they are going to start putting out the fun stuff for Christmas, but I don't know. It doesn't seem super... I know we haven't even passed Thanksgiving yet, but it doesn't seem as if the holiday spirit is in effect yet. A lot of years... You see it coming really early, and this just, I don't know man, it doesn't seem like one of those years. There's no fun, no fun new toys that are really making me flip my lid. They have started to restock the Star Wars stuff a bit more. I'm seeing more things over there that I hadn't seen, which is nice. I guess they are getting ready for it in that sense, but I don't know. Every year for Christmas, I just expect that they're going to drop some giant new toy line that's going to, you know, just overwhelm me, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will. I hope it will. I hope it will, but this pre-Christmas time is a slow time over at the store, so once again, I'm going to have to say, I don't know dudes, didn't see anything dope. I guess that's it, I guess we're done with the show, not a lot to report from the old Toys R Us, not a lot cracking, so I guess, I guess before we go, I want to say make sure to check out Flash and Arrow, if you're not watching that, you're missing out, it's a golden age of superhero TV, add in Supergirl, and man, You're having fun. These two shows are great. It's just, they're intertwined, which makes it really beautiful. You watch one, then you watch the other. The characters cross over back and forth. They mention each other. It's like a real DC universe. It's just fantastic. One thing, though... I don't understand why, now I know they have a plan to make a Flash movie, and I don't understand why they're not using the Flash from the TV show. The dude is doing a great job. He is Barry Allen. And I don't see why, why do you want to make a whole new movie with somebody else in it when you have somebody that people already know as the Flash? People know him. People think of him as the Flash. Why create confusion? Why bother? Why waste the money to make the movie when you already got the dude? It's like you can skip it, go right into the Justice League, and you got the Flash. You got the Arrow. They are already over. It's like somebody else put them over. Don't feel the need to recreate something that's already created. But that's just me, and I think mostly it's just me because... I feel this way because I would like to see them in the movie. I dig Steve Amell as the Arrow, and I dig, uh, Grant Gustin as the Flash. I would like to see them make the jump into the movies. And I think one thing that would make it cool is in the Justice League, you know, I'm sure you have, like, a tiered system of, like, Batman, Superman. They're, like, movie stars. You you got, like, the Flash and Arrow and these other guys below, and they're more like TV stars, so it would be, it would be just really fitting, but, um... At any rate, my dudes, we're gonna get out of here. wanna send a shout out to everybody over at the Retro Junkies Network, everybody at the Throwback Network, Ferg, uh, No Swear Gamers, just everybody over there who's doing it, who's uh, fighting the good fight each and every week. This is me, Icy Robot, signing off. Toys R Us Report, episode number 58. If you don't know, now you know.
0: Recorded live on Jupiter's Moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots Radio production.